Two sisters, two ways. Hi, I'm Raquel. And I'm Sarita. Parallel Ways is a podcast of sisters sharing insights into their millennial lives. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We're back at you with another episode. That is right after Thanksgiving, and now we're really entering, I guess, what people call the holiday season, although I always bunch Thanksgiving and Christmas together at the holiday season, but because of all of the holidays at this time of year, we wanted to do an episode about our holiday tradition, so we wanted to spend some time talking about what it was like growing up for us and what we did for Thanksgiving and Christmas, some of our memories, and then Also, as time has evolved, what those traditions have turned into or have come to look like. So let's do a little check-in. How did you think Thanksgiving went? Well, Thanksgiving was fabulous as always. Last year and this year and probably moving forward, P and I have created a, a new Thanksgiving arrangement where we do lunch with my family and then dinner with his family. So we effectively fly to L.A., in the early evening to make it in time for Thanksgiving dinner. It's not really stressful right now because we kind of pre-plan everything and we don't bring anything to our second Thanksgiving. But you know, it's always chaotic when I have to prepare a dish or dishes. The fact that I had to bring multiple things this year, which I brought multiple things last year. Remember how late I was last year? I was only mildly late this year. I planned a little better. Yeah. And you know, I'll say your green bean casserole was something that I could at least stomach. (laughs) Do you remember that time when I my ex-boyfriend made green bean casserole? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think the whole family was appalled. So we don't really eat like canned vegetables. We eat frozen vegetables at times, but we never really ate canned vegetables growing up. And I dated this guy who was like, yeah, I need to bring a green bean casserole for our Thanksgiving dinner with our family. He's like, great. I have all the ingredients. Can I just assemble at your house? And I was like, sure. So my dad and I are like in the kitchen talking and he pulls out all his groceries and he proceeds to dump like three cans of green beans into a dish. So they're like that really dark green color that's not desirable. And then proceeds to uh, (laughs) top it off with like canned cream of mushroom. And then with the dried uh, fried onions, the French's. So no hate on anyone who makes their green bean casserole like this. But <laughs> my dad <laughs> says something to me in Chinese along the lines of, oh, my God, he's going to feed that to people. <laughs> and my family, we just use like fresh green beans and we use cream well, of mushroom. It's we don't like, even eat green bean casserole because no. I think that's like the impression of what we thought green bean casserole was. Like it was only like the canned stuff, right? But then I think it was like mom that was like, well, why don't you just use fresh green beans? Yes. You know, if you really want it. Yeah. So this year I wanted to make that. We just blanch the green beans and then I get like an organic cream of mushroom that's like gluten free from sprouts and I don't drench it. I just like lightly cover it and then we bake it and I don't put the fried onions and then I season it a little more to taste. Well, I remember when he came because... You had told me he was going to make a dish or he came over and was like, yeah, I got to make a dish later because our family does Thanksgiving at lunch, right? And so he was saying, I need to uh, uh, prep it for dinner because you were going to go spend dinner with his family. 
And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, let me, I'll help you put the stuff in the fridge. He goes, no, no, you don't need to put anything in the fridge. I'm like, huh? It was just like this bag. And I look inside and it's just all cans. Oh, my god! And I was like, what is that? And I don't know, like, canned green beans just don't look appealing because, like, you mentioned, like, that dull green color. And so I was like, goo, that's gross. You know, it's also funny. Now that reminds me about Thanksgiving. I remember the first year he and I were dating, I told mom I was going to go spend one of the Thanksgivings, like dinner with his family. And she was like pissed off. And she doesn't get like mad very often, but she was not happy about that. She's like, you've been dating how long and you're going to Thanksgiving? So after that, I was like, oh, okay, the holidays really are a big deal to my mom. Yeah. Well, I think too, you know, going into this episode of what we want to talk about, Growing up, I always just thought Thanksgiving was okay, like, you know, wasn't a huge fan of the turkey, but you eat it, and, you know, we would have uh, mashed potatoes, corn. Mom always cooked rice because dad wanted rice, and then she would always cook the casserole. Our casserole had mastacholi, pasta sauce, corn, and mozzarella cheese, and she would make that, and that was everyone's favorite thing, the casserole. So I was like, okay, this isn't too bad, you know, and then I think we would watch, like, football. while we'd be eating our Thanksgiving meal. But I would say that for me, I really started to enjoy Thanksgiving when we had moved into our house here. It was after we had graduated. And I remember we had the table set up. After we had graduated from college. Like we were all young adults at this point. Yeah. And we had set up the table and it was real cute and nice. And the turkey turned out well that year. And I remember thinking like that was the first time the family was together since the summer because I think Josh was still in college. Dad worked out of state. And so whenever we had like family dinners and stuff in between there, someone was always missing. And I remember thinking like that Thanksgiving was like the first time that we had been together as a family in like three months. And I think that's when I really started to enjoy and appreciate Thanksgiving. And now I really love it. And sometimes I love it more than Christmas. I think also at that time, we're post-college, we're young adults, we're making our own decisions. And we kind of took the reins from mom in terms of managing Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, I think maybe that year she still like did the turkey, but then we said, okay, we're going to do the sides and we're going to curate the menu. And that was a probably pretty significant shift because all our lives, mom led the charge with Thanksgiving. She'd ask us what we want to make. And, you know, she would say, okay, you're in charge of making this, but we weren't really in charge. She would like help us. You'd have to like assemble all the pieces and then she would help you actually make the dish or whatever that year though i think we were like we're gonna completely own the side so part of thanksgiving is management of the oven who needs the oven and at what temperature yeah so i think you and i had kind of mapped out everything and who was gonna do what and it's kind of fun when everyone has like their own part to play yeah and everyone's bringing something you're right because now that i think about it i think that was also the year that our older brother made the turkey for the first time i think you so know, with supervision yeah i even have pictures of that thanksgiving too because that's when i was like really into taking pictures Ooh, we of should food. post it yeah and i remember i made the mashed potatoes and i was like obsessed with watching the food network that year so i had all these ideas of how to make certain dishes and that was the first time I made mashed potatoes with sour cream and I was like "Ooh, I really like the taste of sour cream and and mashed potatoes I mean I don't know what you made but um (laughs) I probably was relegated to the dishwasher those are the early years in the early years I didn't really have tasks but I've always loved to like wash the dishes 
Um, my mom always says that when I was little, I had this blue pail. And she was like, you were like four years old. You would get on the stool at the sink, fill up your pail with soapy water, and you would sit there and just wash the dishes. Yeah. And I got the task where I would be next to the soapy blue pail. And after she had washed it, then I had to like rinse it with water or I had to like put it on the dish rack or something. And all I wanted to do was to play in the soapy blue pail. And then because someone is controlling and tells me what to do, then she was like, no, you can't. You can't touch the, you can't. I, you can't. I have a memory now that it just flashed over that like you reached your hand in and I was like, no, no, you can't. You can't do that. I'm like, I just want to play with a little bit of the bubbles. Yeah. So for Thanksgiving every year, my mom doesn't lead the charge. All of us kids pretty much start up a list and then you kind of get assigned or you say, I want to make X, Y, Z. So we yeah. Have- How did that conversation go this year? Because you have more dishes than you took on the responsibility of the green bean casserole, which was not usually under your list. No, I really wanted to make it because it looked really easy in the last like three <laughs> years. And also P loves carrots. So I just assigned him like the honey glazed carrots. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like I could take on greater responsibilities this year. And it's funny because I texted Josh a couple of days ago and I was like, hey, did anyone tell you that you're because I was just thinking about the menu, right? Because it's I think I was a little bit out of the planning this year, so I'm just thinking to make sure we didn't miss anything. I texted Josh and was like, hey, did anyone tell you that uh, you're responsible for the drink? And he replied that he's like, no, no one told me, but I figured that's what I would do. Well, what's funny is I bought apple cider and I was going to give it to him so he could bring it. (laughs) What's nice is he also uh, came up with some creative drinks this year. Yeah. So just like yourself, he really tries to embrace his role. (laughs) tries to do a little bit more the the difference between the two of you is that when he creates things they actually like go together yeah and they go well you on the other hand I don't know so because we always do Thanksgiving lunch for dinner not last year and not this year but we used to always go Black Friday shopping and do some doorbusters so there's kind of like two heats there's one that's at five o'clock for that first rush and we used to go to places like Ulta Bath and Body Works And then in past years, we would go to places like Target and Best Buy. But this year and last year, we kind of decided to forego door busting, mainly because Rock and I have dinner with our other families. Well, and also too, COVID. Yeah. You know, this past year, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, they weren't open on Thanksgiving. It's true. Yeah. So, and everything is online now and no one has Black Friday sales, right? It's just Thanksgiving holiday sales. It's true. Yeah. Another staple for Thanksgiving is games. So we do lunch, we have the cleanup crew, and we play games afterwards. And Mahjong is definitely a staple of something that we'll play on Thanksgiving. And I think we'll throw in other board games as well. Yes, from my huge archive. (laughs) So that's usually how our Thanksgiving turnout. And then when we would go Black Friday shopping in the past, there would be a group who would, who wants to go shopping, right? And you would go. It was mainly the girls. The boys would stay behind. And then what we would do for dinner is we would usually have chicken wings. I don't know why chicken wings are the thing or that we do. Or beef sticks. Or beef sticks. Yeah. So basically taking like some sliced beef, marinating it in teriyaki sauce, and then grilling it. It was something that our mom always made when we were little. And now our older brother has taken on the role of making the chicken wings and the beef sticks. And then also we would take the turkey carcass and then we would make a turkey porridge. 
Rice porridge. Rice porridge, yes. And so that's usually what we eat for dinner. But with our, I guess, balancing our in-laws now these days, Serpy and I are sometimes there or sometimes not. Still trying to figure out what it looks like. I, I was not there. Well, okay. I, okay. Maybe for you, it's a little bit more finite because you're out of the state by dinner time. I love that turkey porridge. Think of like just the most flavorful porridge with just hints of turkey and green onion. And ginger. And ginger. Oh, ginger. It's very tasty. You don't need, you don't need much. I think the thought was after you stuff yourself at lunch, you'll want something like plain, simple, easy for dinner. And lighter. Lighter. And also, I think she made the beef sticks and chicken wings because it was easy to make and it was a protein. And fast. And it didn't take a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And so we would sit there and prep these beef sticks with these like stick kebabs. Yeah. Bamboo sticks. Bamboo sticks and poke ourselves all night. Yeah. So that's a little bit about Thanksgiving, uh, what we used to do when we were younger, how it's evolved. And I think you made a good point of saying at some point the kids started to take the initiative and the reins. Oh, a thing that we've done for the maybe like the last five or six years is that we would wear like aprons. So we started taking like an apron picture at Thanksgiving. And so that's kind of become like a sibling tradition as the years have gone by. So we're going to move on to Christmas. So tell me, when you think about Christmas when we were younger, what do you remember? I have a very specific memory. So our house growing up in Chicago was a ranch style home. So all one story, but we had a basement. And we had those vents that were on the floor where heat would come out of the vents. During Christmas, I always remember sitting by the window. The window is like frosty cold and there's like ice on it and looking outside and seeing the dark winter, sometimes snow falling, sometimes not. And I would take a blanket over the heater and I would wrap my feet over the heater and I would look outside and we'd have Christmas music playing. Like that was very much like my memory of Christmas. Like Christmas Day, you would find yourself doing that? Yeah, like Christmas morning, if I woke up before everyone else, you know, the tree is lit, you go look outside the window, put your feet over the heater, the coldness outside. I just always equated Christmas with it being cold. And I love that. I don't remember you ever getting up before any, anyone else. <laughs> it's true. Well, what I would remember growing up about Christmas is that even though we never got like presents from Santa every year, I would hope that magically, even though I knew that Santa didn't exist, that I would get something from Santa. Like there would be something underneath the tree. And then I remember there were years where there weren't a lot of presents under the tree either. And I remember thinking that was different than like what was portrayed in movies or what you would see at like friend's house when you would go over and stuff like that. But it was still exciting for however many presents there were under the tree and I remember as kids we would get up early because we're excited and like mom and dad just you know were like I'm gonna get up when I want to and then even when they got up we were ready to open the presents and they'd be like no we need to eat breakfast first or we need to blah 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 you know so they had like no sense of urgency like we did to open the presents <laughs> and then our dad usually woke up before our mom and so she might have been working the day before. And then he'd like, well, you got to wait for your mom to wake up. So sometimes we would have to wait until like noon. Or we would go and make noise and try to wake her up. Yeah. Like indiscreetly try to make noise and be like, oh, 
oh, you know, yay, or whatever, and try to wake her. But does she care? No. She gets up when she gets up. <laughs> That's true. I do remember them. There is never like, yay, let's go open presents. Yeah. We and, were like, And yay. then I remembered that this would happen after Christmas. We would wake up in the morning sometimes and either our dad was gone or our mom was gone. This would be like the day after Christmas or a few days after Christmas. And we would be like, where did mom and dad go? And then they would come back with just so much stuff because <laughs> they had gone to Marshall's or not Marshall's. Uh, no, let me is- here. Let me give the context. You're horrible. So in Chicago, one of the staple department stores is was Marshall Fields growing up. Marshall Fields. That's what I was thinking. Yes. So Marshall Fields downtown on State Street. If you go there today, it's now a Macy's, but it's got a famous clock on the corner. I think it's like an eight-story department store. So every year, they would have this huge-ass Christmas tree in the middle of the department store. On the very bottom level are all of, like, the gourmet foods and chocolates. Every year, the day after Christmas, they would open up early, like 6 in the morning, and have this massive sale on all the gift baskets. So my parents would wake up early, head into the city, and go and do their day after Christmas shopping and be back in time for us to wake up. And they would come back with loads and loads of baskets. And we would slowly, one by one, open each of the baskets and take little bites or of the chocolates, of the cookies, and try all of the foods. Yes. And in that way, like sometimes there were also toys on sale or other stuff. And so they would get us stuff. So sometimes it wasn't always Christmas Day and having a lot of presents or treats. It was always after. And I never really questioned that. I was just kind of, oh, I'm here for this. And we would open the baskets at the family. We would crowd around the kitchen table and we would open. Sometimes we would open multiple, but we wouldn't open all of them. And then maybe like a few days later, we would open another basket. Or a month later, we would open another basket. It just goes to show that it's not always about getting the toys that you want. It's more about developing these memories of things. You know, as kids, they don't like, yeah, we remember not having a ton of toys, but we always had fun with this like little activity and we just grew to think of that as like Christmas. So I don't know. I think about my traditions that I'm going to have one day with kids and probably you as well. And it's not all about just giving them 20 million gifts. Yeah. And then I remember as we got a little bit older, there was this one Christmas where we had our usual number of presents under the tree. And then I don't know if you remember this, but dad was like, do you hear that noise? I think it's Santa, right? It was like, like, I hear the bells on the the chimney. And I was like, huh? We're like, but we blocked the chimney because there's like squirrels that climb up and down the chimney. What do you mean? So I was like, that's not true. And then dad was like, you should go around the house just because like there's the noise or whatever. And he had hid these three educational books for us. And he got our brother a science one. What was yours? Mine was a painting one. A painting one. And then he got me one that was a stamp set. Yeah. So we had to go around the house and we had to find our gifts. And then once we found one, it was like, oh, that one looks like it would be for rock. Okay, well, I still hear noise. So we had to go around the house and find. I think this was his face when he was still really into like the Art Institute. And I'm pretty sure mine was like a watercolor painting book on like how to paint watercolor. Yeah, yeah, because you like drawing yeah and painting and stuff like that i loved my stamp kit one it was really great they had a whole bunch of like giraffes on there and then you could do like different things with the stamps yeah so then when we became preteens, we said well we want to get each other 
gifts. Because like growing up, I would say before preteens, we didn't get each other things. And so I remember this one store. It was kind of like, it wasn't quite a gag store, but more of like a learning type store. What store are you referring to? I don't remember what it was called, but it was kind of near the Barnes and Noble oh, in Northbrook. I know what you're talking about. It's like a brainy, yeah. brainy type store. Brainy zany. Brainy zany. Zany brainy. Oh, zany brainy. Yes. And I think mom gave us all a budget. Right. And she said, you can use this to go buy your siblings other things. I mean, the budget was maybe $20 or yeah, something per person. But we're running around the store, hiding from each other, trying to find each other gifts. And like, at that time, we could find like quite a few things for each other. But we'd like, oh, I think this person would like this. That and then kind of if fun. you wanted to spend more what was allocated, then you got to dig into your own fund. <laughs> and I think Josh being the youngest one, he got his allowance money to buy whatever it is that he wanted. So he didn't buy us stuff. <laughs> that should have been the route we should have gone. Yeah. So that kind of led into what we do today. So every year, a little before Thanksgiving, producer Josh sends out a Google spreadsheet. <laughs> and in that Google spreadsheet, folks will list what they want, what size it is. And then the other siblings have to like call out and send a separate text message and say, I'm getting this person XYZ. Right. I think it derived from there was a couple of years where we would just buy each other stuff and we were like, I don't want this. So now it's more of what do you actually want and let's get you those things. Right. So it's not really as much a surprise anymore, but I think it's a better alternative than buying people things they don't really want or need. Yeah, because there are many years in our late teens, early 20s where Serpy would say, I don't care if that's what you want. I'm going to get you whatever it is. And finally, I had to say to her one year, and maybe mom said it the same year too, of why are you getting people stuff that they're not asking for? And then she would say, well, what they're asking for is not good enough. <laughs> or I, say not I good don't want to give it to them because that's stupid. I think for the longest time, that's like actually how you gave presents to people, what you thought they would like. So it's not imposing, right? Instead of like thinking about the individual. And I'll give you credit. Like there were times where the present is thoughtful in the realm of what that person would like, but it's not really what they wanted. Yeah. One of the harder lessons was give people what they want, not what you want to give them. But it's still like, like, for example, I don't like trinkety things. You will never get a trinket from me. You will never get anything that says live, laugh, bless, that type of stuff. And hopefully I will never receive any of those things. I just think they're a waste of money. Yeah. And then she would always ask for the more extravagant, grandiose items and no one would get her those because no one could afford it. <laughs> so uh, another thing that we do if someone's asking for a pricier item is that you can split between the siblings. Since my brothers don't do any of the planning or the thoughtfulness because it took a while to figure out like what Serpy really likes and appreciates, I was like, why don't we just put all of our money together and get her that one item? So we started doing that. So she would get the least number of items because she had the most expensive item. But I prefer that. I'm not going to do anything with, I'm just going to donate it. I'm going to keep it for a year because I'm going to feel guilty. if You get me something trinkety or something I'm not going to use. And then there's guilt that you wasted money. So our parents actually kind of feel the same way. So a couple of years ago, they told us, hey, stop getting us things for Christmas. We don't Or need birthdays. Yeah, and birthdays. We don't need that stuff. When we have something we want, We'll just tell you and you can buy it. 
So this year for Christmas, like a few weeks ago, they sent me what they wanted and I already got it for them. And it's easy and we don't like have to stress out over it. So yeah, that's how gifts work in our family. Yeah. Like last year, dad was like, I want a mini fridge. So we got him a mini fridge. <laughs> and delivered it. Yeah, and delivered it. So that's easy now because they were always really hard to shop for. And, you know, as you're older, you like want to give appreciation to your parents and that type of thing. But our parents are more of we care about spending time or going, going out on to vacation or going on vacation, right? Like the stuff they don't tend to, while it may be even nice things too, they're just like, well, I'm not going to use it. I don't really need it. And then they feel bad. It's nice because it feels less materialistic. I think growing up, I loved Christmas, not for the prime rib dinner, even though I do love prime rib. Now I probably love it for the prime rib dinner. But I loved it because I was just so materialistic growing up. I just love things. And as I've gotten older, maybe because I can buy things on my own, I don't find myself loving Christmas as much. Yeah. I probably love the food more. Yeah. So we eat. <laughs> we'll always have a prime rib. We used to do crab legs, right? Yeah. Well, like growing up, we would always have crab legs. Now it's usually the, the roast, whatever that may be. We try to do prime rib. And then I don't know. What else do we usually eat at Christmas? Kind of like whatever we feel like eating. I, I, I'm like I blanking know. out. Yeah. We do like a roasted vegetable. Yeah. Have desserts, cookies. Yes. We have specific uh, desserts that remind all of us of the Christmas time, the holiday time. And our mom made them growing up. And so we've continued those traditions. Like Josh loves the black bottom cupcakes. So that's the chocolate cupcakes with a cream cheese topping. And then she would always make almond crescents. So those are the cookies that have almonds in them. And then they're covered in powdered sugar. And then the third one is a thumbprint cookie, which is like a butter-based cookie rolled in chopped nuts filled with some sort of jam. No, apricot well, jam. No, Smuckers, apricot You have to jam. understand there are people that make thumbprints with different flavors. I understand. And we have toyed with raspberry. But do not buy me that generic apricot jam. I'm telling you it's different. The Smuckers is the only what way to go. Ever. You can make that this year. So I always made the cookies because I do most of the baking. And then when we lived together a couple of years ago, I bought the generic apricot one and someone flipped out, like flipped out. And then because she saw the jar and then ate the cookies, she was like, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. And I'm like, just because you saw the jar, I'm like, you've been eating this generic one all these years and you haven't said anything. And she goes, that's why it's always been off all these years. I'm like, shut up. So that year, because I was, you know, when you're baking, you also have to do timing and measuring and all that stuff. And it's very laborious to make these cookies because you have to make Laborious. the dough and then you have to shape them, fill them and stuff like that. So I had her, I put her in charge because when we were little, the three of us, our mom and then us would make the cookies. So I know she knows how to do it. So there she is spending her sweet ass old time rolling these out and I'll give her credit. They looked really good and they turned out really well. So I think with the combo of me making the dough plus her doing all the, the labor associated, it's actually a really good combo. And I think last year, I charged her alone to make it. I did, and I messed it up. We were FaceTiming. I was making them like Christmas morning because we weren't doing dinner until Christmas evening. Well, yeah. And I make the cookie dough, and I'm like, God, something is wrong with it. This is wrong. 
She's like, let me see. And then I read the recipe and I said, damn it. I only put in half the amount of butter. I need more butter. Luckily, it was salvageable at that point. Yeah. So I added more butter. But it's like I could sit there and read those instructions 20 million times and I'll always do something slightly wrong. So a bit frustrating. But I will be making them again this year with the real Smucker's apricot jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's funny is that mistake she made, I made that mistake when I was nine. <laughs> Not with those cookies, with a different set of cookies. And uh, I learned my lesson. But you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. So yeah, so that's what Christmas looked like. You know, one thing that I have heard families do, especially if they have bigger families, is that they'll do the white elephant thing where instead of getting everyone a present, they'll pick a name. You, then you have a price range like 50 to $100 and then get that person something from their list. Wait, I already spend $100 every, per, to well, every no, person. Well, no, no. I'm, say, I'm saying that there are families that will just do it. So instead of you having to buy a present for everyone, you just buy it for one person. So part of me is like, gosh, you know, that would be good economical so that all of us only have to spend $100 and it's only on one person. But then part of me was like, I don't think collectively our family would buy into that. So we're just spending the hundreds of dollars on everyone and getting everyone something from their list. <laughs> we're just not that family. Unless you want to entertain that this year. <laughs> no, I'm not into that. Yeah, see, I knew. And producer Joshy over here is shaking his head too. So <laughs> that's fine. I've already started the, I always, the Christmas shopping. So. I always feel bad when I spend more on someone else, but I know it's like something they want that year. And then it's not really even with everyone else. That's probably the hardest part for me. Yeah. And I will say that it usually tips towards spending too much on you. I think every year, if I were to look who I spent the most on, it's you. And it's not by a little. <laughs> How does that make you? Do you still feel bad? Do you feel bad? <laughs> no. I know. I'm just saying it's not easy to make it equal. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think really we like sit there and we calculate, oh, am I getting like the equal amount from everyone? Because you get what's on your list. So you're just happy that you have what's on your list. I guess. I guess. We also always watch A Christmas Story. At least it's rolling on in the background somewhere. Yes. Then we pretty much listen to Christmas songs all day. Yeah. Die Hard is usually always on TV. So that ends up being something that we watch. And then Depending what else is on, we just watch whatever's on cable. So Elf, Home Alone, whatever else they're showing on that day. Now, are you someone that loves listening to Christmas music? I mean, I only like certain songs. So I like oh, the gosh. songs that you would hear from like church. <laughs> Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. I just need to hear it once and that's about it. You know, a holly jolly Christmas. Don't need that in my life. So I don't like the upbeat, like old school Christmas songs. Or the upbeat new school Christmas song. I'll listen to them for a little, but then I usually start changing the channel after 10 minutes. Yeah, so the... why don't you share what are some of your favorite Christmas I don't know the, I don't know what they're called. I just know how the words go. Okay. Okay. Well, it's funny. Growing up, our dad was always, you can't listen to Christmas music until Thanksgiving. And I remember the radio would play it, I think like the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I learned over the years how to use the radio and I would find the channel that had the Christmas music and dad would be like, shut it off. You can't listen to that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then on Thanksgiving, I'd be like, dad, can we listen to it now? And he's like, yeah. 
And so we would always turn on that gray radio that he had and we would listen to Christmas music for the rest of the day. And so then that became kind of like my tradition of when I could listen to Christmas music because dad would get angry if we did. And then also what had become a tradition is on Thanksgiving, we would do it usually the day after Thanksgiving, but then I got so anxious because I couldn't wait. And my mom was like, well, if you want to put up the Christmas tree, you can do it. I'm not doing it anymore. And she did that at quite a young age. So I was like, okay, can I put it up after we eat lunch on Thanksgiving? And they were like, yeah. So I started doing that because if I didn't do it, then no one would put up the Christmas tree. And then I enlisted Josh over the years to help me because I couldn't do it by myself. So we would just listen to Christmas music. We would put the tree up together. And then that's kind of like a little tradition that Josh and I have that we'll like put up the Christmas tree together and listen to the music. And so that was like the kickoff of the Christmas season. But now I don't have Joshi anymore. It's sad. No, but you do get me food ornaments every year. Yes, I do. I've done that for like the last two or three years where she was like, I want to get my own tree. So I like found a tree on sale for her and she bought it. And she have gotten ornaments from people over the years. And then I was like, she has a really sad, sad looking tree. <laughs> it so is. I'm just going to get her some ornaments. The ornaments only cover half of the tree. Not even. Not even. And only the side you can see. The other side, there's no <laughs> ornament. And I it's don't fair. even fluff that side of the tree. Yeah. So each year I've gotten her an ornament. And then it just started with like one year I saw this cute wine and cheese ornament. And I knew that she would really like it. And then from there, it just kind of sustained this like food theme. This year's was highly offensive. Yes. This year I gave it to her early. I actually just gave it to her this morning. And uh, you want to tell them what it is? It's a stick of butter. (laughs) Also, too, I wanted to get her that stick of butter last year, but I couldn't find it. And so this year I found it at Target and I was like, awesome. I have a really hard time. Like I don't cook with butter. The only time I use butter is if I'm baking. Um, And it's still very hard for her. And it's still like really hard for me to accept. She'll bake something and be like, guess how many sticks of butter went in this? And I'm like, don't tell me. I can't. I can't. I'm just so adverse to it. Like the pecan bars that you love. You want to know how how much butter is in that? Well, when you said you needed heavy cream, I said, what needs heavy cream? (laughs) You put heavy cream in that? Yeah. And it's funny because somehow like butter is evil and to her death, you know, so I don't know why she had that. But I love baked goods. So I like just can't bring myself to know how many sticks it requires. Yeah. So that's a little bit about how we celebrate the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Is there anything else that you want to say? No, it's just like a really happy time. I think the biggest adjustment, you know, in the last 10 years, just crazy when I think about it now, is um, having Thanksgiving and Christmas and having it be 70 degrees outside because we just grew up in Chicago where it's always frigid and cold. And that was just very holiday-like to us. Yeah. And so coming here, it just seems like every year it gets warmer and warmer. You feel like a dang fool when you wear a sweater. Yeah. And I then you're sweating. Put on my puffy vest and yeah. like my warm socks. And I'm like, I don't need any of this. Yeah. I'm excited for the next couple of years. Hopefully you get a baby soon. <laughs> and I have my baby on the way of like how it's like a new generation that is like excited and is like the focus of the holidays. And I joked around with Brian, this is the last year you're going to get presents. After this year, no one's going to care about you. And he was like, wait, what? Really? (laughs) He's kind of sad because, you know, his family didn't have a lot of Christmas traditions growing up. So 
he then parted ours, right? And so really? throughout the year, he has said stuff like, oh, I'm going to save this for my Christmas list this year. <laughs> so it's cute because he was like, oh, I'm excited, you know, and he's already added stuff to the list. So he's really embraced it. And I told him, like, this might be your last year, just like joking with him. And he was like, no, I can't. <laughs> like, he's finally gotten used to it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for joining our episode. And hopefully this was just an easy breezy listen to on holiday traditions. And join us next week as we talk a little bit about what's going on in the supply chain and things we're noticing during this holiday season when it comes to consumer spending. Exciting. (laughs) Don't forget to rate and review the podcast and follow us on the gram. We'll be doing some throwback pictures from past holiday seasons for the next month. And guys, you know I got the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. See you next week. Toodles. Toodles.